Welcome to the Ascended Self Podcast. My name is Sarah Benson, holistic wellness practitioner and intuitive life coach. Sitting with me today is my producer, the fabulous, beautiful, spiritual baddie, Brooke Robichaux of Sober Biz Babes. Hey! On this show, we are talking everything spirituality from mindfulness, holistic wellness, and intuitive guidance. If you're ready to embark on your spiritual journey, join us every Wednesday to tap into this transformative energy and get to know the best version of yourself. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Ascended Self Podcast. I am so excited for today's topic. We're talking about the subconscious mind and how to tell the difference between your subconscious and conscious thoughts really recognizing where those thoughts are coming from so that you can change them. Of course, I'm here with the lovely Sarah. She is the owner of Ascended Self Healing and Coaching, and she's got some incredible knowledge to drop on all of you guys today. I'm so happy you showed up here and took some time for yourself. Let's get this show started. So excited. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, actually, because it was one of the pivotal moments in my life is when I understood that the thoughts that were popping into my mind that were actually creating harm were not chosen thoughts. They're subconscious thoughts. And until I actually figured out that I don't control my subconscious thoughts, I figured out how to control my subconscious thoughts. It was one of the most pivotal moments in my whole life when I realized that the thoughts that were in my mind that were causing me harm were subconscious thoughts and I wasn't actually in control of my subconscious thoughts. Once I realized that it wasn't me choosing those thoughts, I was able to counteract them with chosen thoughts from a place of love. Damn. So I guess the first step then would be awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So how can someone start becoming aware of their subconscious thinking? Well, I think the best way to explain how that works is to throw out some examples. Okay. So in my work, I've worked with a lot of women who have body image issues. That is the number one area where the subconscious will come in and attack. So what happens when we're growing up is we're looking at TV, magazines, the media, and an idea gets planted that we're supposed to look a certain way in order to have a certain worth, right? So when the media is putting out to the world that if you don't look like this, you're not important enough, you're not beautiful, you're not good enough, the subconscious mind grabs onto that. And then when you have changes in your body, maybe you get rejected by somebody because of your body. Maybe you get rejected from a job or a friendship because of your body. Maybe you've noticed your pants are fitting a little tight. That subconscious mind is going to remind you that in society's eyes, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to start saying things to you that you're going to start to believe about yourself. Yeah. And I feel like it's self-perpetuating. Like once you start believing those things, you start looking for them and noticing them everywhere. That confirmation bias kind of kicks in and it's like, oh, I believe this about myself. So now I'm going to see proof everywhere I go that proves that this is true. And um, I think it's one of the ways of our brains keeping us safe. And that's like its number one (laughs) priority is to make sure that we stay safe and that we're not in danger. But, you know, we're not in a scary world with like cougars chasing us daily. And there's not as much that we need to worry about. Our our brain is like 2000 year old technology that's trying to work in today's society. And sometimes it doesn't work. And we just need a little more reprogramming to fit into what we're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. 
hundred percent agree. So what's the story? So, you were saying this was a big shift in your life. Tell me about a time that like you really started noticing your subconscious thinking and were able to shift that. Yeah. So that this body image is actually the biggest area in my life where my subconscious likes to tear me down. Um, I like to think that of my subconscious kind of hand in hand with my ego and your ego is just like your enemy, really, honestly. Um, growing up, I had a parent in the home who had a lot of body image issues. So my conditioned thinking was that I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm not lovable. If I'm not in a certain body type, um, I watched my parent have a struggle with food, um, using food to cope with their emotions, um, every single diet, lots of restricting. And I watched this from a young age. And because of that, it kind of became my conditioning. Like that was just normal for me. Mm. So body image has been something I have forever struggled with. It doesn't matter when I was 13 years old, I was probably a hundred pounds soaking wet. I had barely ate. I was very, people thought I was healthy because I played sports. They just thought I was athletic. I was not healthy. I was not okay. And even at a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny body, my subconscious mind constantly, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. And because of that, I just, I restricted and restricted and restricted and I became obsessed. Um, I got teased when I did gain a little weight and I mean a little weight. Like when I went from really skinny to an average body, I got teased. And so over the years, these things just kind of stuck to me where the shift took place. Cause I could just go on about all the shifts and changes. Bulimia when I was a teenager, like in my later teens, I had like, and I believe that we, we can create our reality, right? So having those beliefs about myself, I attracted people who also had those beliefs. So I was actually in a relationship as a teenager. And when I was about 18, I had gained some weight and I was a little overweight. And my boyfriend literally said to me, I'm not attracted to you anymore because you got fat. Like those words were said to me at 18. Hmm. Um, that's when bulimia kicked in. Just there is so much around food and body. Now I'm 36 years old. When I was 35, when I started my spiritual ascension, I started paying attention to people like Gabby Bernstein, Eckhart Tolle, Wayne Dyer, um, you know, the people who talk about how we are not our ego, we are not this thinking, we are observing the thinking. I started to pay attention to that. And one day I was walking by the mirror and that subconscious mind was like, you're fat. And immediately I stopped and went, shh, shush. And I shushed it. I shushed that voice, that subconscious thought. And Gabby Bernstein talks about how you can recognize the thought and immediately replace it with a thought of love. Mm. So the thought comes in, you're fat. Immediately I stopped and went, I did not choose this thought. I choose love instead. And the more I do that, the more my subconscious thoughts shift to thoughts of love. Mm, okay, that's beautiful. I love how you're talking about you did not choose that. Like our subconscious thinking is built from our past experiences and society. 
and what we what we consume all the time so where we live really does shape who we are who we hang out with really does shape who we are the people that surround us the words they say to us it becomes a part of who we are subconsciously and so i love that you talked about that's not your fault you did not choose that and you can choose better now because you know that um i I really feel that's super empowering yeah it's it is about you know unbreaking the conditioning you know thawing out Mm -hmm. why do you think it's mostly like negative subconscious thinking that we have (laughs) or do you think it is all negative like is there some I don't think it's all I don't think it's all negative yeah I don't think it's all negative but I think that the thoughts that need to change are negative and mm-hmm. that's definitely what I want to focus on in this episode is um how to shift those negatives to positives and you know the biggest thing is I didn't choose this you take your power back when you say I did not choose this then that subconscious voice, that ego voice, that addict voice, whatever that monster in there, that conditioned part of you, maybe it's your hurting inner child, whatever part of you it is that is speaking up in the background, saying the things that are supposed to keep you down and keep you sick and keep you sad and keep you stuck. Once you say, I did not choose this and I choose love instead, Mm. you take your power back. It is so empowering so empowering I did not choose this I choose love instead I did not choose this I choose love instead that's beautiful it's so simple it's like setting boundaries with yourself ah oh I love that Mm -hmm. and that's something like if you're listening to this right now you can take home and start doing today every time you notice that thought I didn't choose this I choose love instead that's such a simple amazing tool I do have to give credit to Gabby Bernstein. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't come up with this, <laughs> but uh, it's in her book, uh, May Cause Miracles. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. May Cause Miracles. If anyone's looking for some resources to get started, I've actually, I've been watching you go through this program. Huge shifts happen. And honestly, like, it doesn't matter what program you're doing, just taking intentional time to start working on yourself working on your beliefs, getting to understand your subconscious, whatever you're doing is going to help move you in the right direction. So pick up something and start. What are some other tips and tools you can give people that are looking to work more with their subconscious mind and turning those negatives into a positive? Well, I know that we talked about it in our last episode and I'm going to bring it up here again today. Um, Affirmations, Mm. affirmations, affirmations. So I do have a journal about manifesting it's uh it's just kind of a quick five minutes in the morning what you want to manifest and then on the next page is the space for 10 affirmations and they all start with i am and once you continue doing that you practice that and you're telling yourself i suggest sitting in front of the mirror looking yourself right in the eyes i am worthy i am beautiful i am enough i am capable i am powerful i am one with the universe whatever it is that you need to tell yourself if you're looking right into your eyes in the mirror there's something so powerful you are connecting with yourself so that's my suggestion Mm -hmm. i also know that that can be very uncomfortable so even when you're writing down just putting that energy 
what happens is when you're repeating that in your mind, just like the negative conditioning, you're introducing positive conditioning. You are mm-hmm. reconditioning your brain to think positive thoughts of you. And the more you do that consciously, the more your subconscious is going to start to change and have positive thoughts about you as well. It does not happen overnight, right? It's a lifetime of undoing, but eventually you'll start to notice that there's a shift. Mm, I really love that so much. And they talk about it when I did cognitive behavioral therapy, like being aware of that thought and how that thought makes you feel. And then what, how do you act when you feel that way because of that thought and how that all connects together, right? I feel like once you start getting aware of the thinking and you can choose something different, this gives like a really easy, quick solution for your brain to get out of that old pattern that puts you in that cycle of like, when I say, when I hear that thought, I'm fat, I start feeling unworthy, unwanted, and I get upset and then I go grab food and then I binge eat and then I do this. So instead of doing that, if I notice that thought and I replace it with one of my affirmations that I'm writing down every day in a book, I have them there. I thought about them this morning. So when that thought comes up, I can quickly go and grab it and be like, I'm powerful. Fuck that. (laughs) Like I'm worthy. I'm great. I'm amazing. And instead of falling into that cycle, now I've broken that pattern and I'm replacing it with something beautiful. And it can feel really uncomfortable. And sometimes when we're writing affirmations, our brain will be like, no, you're not. Fuck you. Like you, who do you think you are? That's dumb. You're just going to fail. You're just going to da da da. And we're trying to get in this positive mindset, but our brain kind of works against us to try and keep us stuck in that space. So what's really Mm -hmm. great too, is another thing, um, is writing affirmations you believe about yourself that you just want to affirm about yourself. What do you love about yourself that you want to affirm? And pick things that you do believe, like I am creative, I'm working on my health, I'm working towards becoming a better me, like things that you're proud of yourself for and write those down if if you find that your brain's kind of combating everything that you're saying that's great about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I was having a conversation with my person today, I'm not sure if he's still here in this live, but we were having a conversation about um, how addictive behavior shows up when there's pain right and I'm and I'm, I'm bringing up addictive behavior because just going back to the whole like I'm fat thing right well how does that happen we overeat right we overeat or we become depressed and we don't move our body enough however it happens there's pain right and there's this doctor from Vancouver Dr. Gabor Mate he's He's world renowned. So anybody watching may have heard of him. If you know a thing or two about a thing or two in the addictions and mental health field, you may know his philosophy around addiction is not why the addiction, why the pain. But the conversation we were having today was about for myself, because like, this is something that I still, you know, I'm breaking a lifetime habit of having an unhealthy relationship with food. And I'm okay with that. My life is very good. (laughs) I feel very good. This is kind of that last piece that needs some extra attention because there's pain, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not about the food, it's about the pain. Because I mean, I'm coming up to 12 years sober. So once I put down the alcohol, the pain is still there, right? Just because the alcohol is gone, the pain is still there. And instead of looking at it, maybe because I wasn't even aware, you know, it's subconscious, uh, picked up food instead, right? Mm -hmm. So. I encourage anybody who's 
maybe got some things that they're overindulging in some bad habits and then that negative subconscious thinking pops in just sit with it for a minute and ask yourself why you know when those thoughts come up and it's not all about body and food I just I use that as an example because I can personally relate to it I know people who have the subconscious thought of um you're stupid Mm. right they constantly feel inadequate with their peers and their job maybe in school um you're you're ugly maybe there's something about them that isn't up to again up to society's standards of beauty you know I saw a TikTok of a woman she has a birthmark on her face and she made a TikTok upset because she made a TikTok without covering her birthmark and of course you get the unhappy people that have nothing better to do than to troll the internet and try to bring other people down going into her comments and making comments and So I can imagine that with that kind of backlash from people, probably her whole life, her subconscious thoughts are probably not very happy thoughts. And whatever it is for you that you find your head coming up with, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not adequate. I'm whatever it is, sit with it and find out where is that coming from? And yeah, that's uncomfortable and painful, but it will give you such a sense of power and such a sense of freedom to identify it and take the power back by just saying, I did not choose this. Mm. And I choose love instead. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love what um, Dr. Phil says all the time. Not a huge fan of Dr. Phil, but I do like some of the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, like, a thousand attaboys won't make up for one you're a disappointment or, you know. And I feel like that's so true because they like you say, there's people on the internet, they'll give you compliment after compliment after compliment after compliment. There'll be a hundred people that love you. And then this one person confirms a belief you have about yourself that's negative from your subconscious. And you're like, I knew it. I'm a piece of shit. I shouldn't be doing this. Like, what the hell? And it, it can completely grasp you. Whereas when people are telling me amazing, I'm, I'm always like, no, I'm not. That's weird. Don't say that. Ew, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah it's like you got to be in the headspace to receive it sometimes you know and that's like where that work comes in where it's not overnight it's a process switching your subconscious thoughts from negative to positive like if you've been having these negative thoughts about yourself your whole life and you're 36 like me or older or around there even if you're 20 that's years and years of unraveling and that's okay I'm going to tell you some things that have changed for me since changing this way of thinking. Speaking of internet trolls, okay? (laughs) A really good example of how the shift in my conscious, like actually taking the power back with my consciousness. Brooke and I were doing a TikTok live and somebody came into the room and said, I don't remember exactly what they said, but I know a couple of you here today were there and saw, and some, one of you got upset, I think, Uh, they said something about like go eat some more Big Macs or something like that I honestly don't even remember and it's because I don't care (laughs) because somebody else's opinion of me is not a reflection of me you know Mm -hmm. that person felt some sort of inadequacy or discomfort whatever they have some sort of judgment you know even just to be uncomfortable with with somebody in a bigger body it's like what's going what's that about for you 
you know? So if somebody comes in and has a comment for me and they, you know, have something negative to say about me, that's their opinion. I don't take that on anymore because I know who I am. I know what I'm mm-hmm. capable of. I know the kind of person I am. I actually wholeheartedly love myself now that I've become aware that the person in my mind that was tearing me down wasn't me. Mm. That's not, it's not actually me. I'm not choosing those thoughts about myself. So once I started choosing good thoughts about myself, I started believing those good thoughts about myself. You guys, nobody can break me because I know who I am. The only person that could break me is me. Mm -hmm. And that's why this topic is so important to me. It changed my life. I think that's a really cool tip if you flip that around to tap into your own subconscious. When you're getting triggered by other people and you're seeing something that makes you feel judgment towards them, that is a subconscious programming in you that is worth looking at. So instead of putting it around on other people and like getting into the trolling and commenting and judging people and criticizing them and telling them what to do with their lives, look at yourself and be like, okay, what is in me that this is bubbling up for me? Like, why do I feel this Mm -hmm. way? And 90% of the time, it's an unconscious subconscious thought that you probably aren't even aware of. And it's a really good, um, it's a really good way to recognize it. The things that might be in a denial about that we're actually thinking. And I know with this whole year of kind of unlearning and social justice being at the forefront and and kind of having my eyes open to a lot of things that I really didn't know were going on in in the country that I live in. It's like, that's been really, really prevalent to me. Like I've really looked at those thoughts and started realizing that I had some unconscious bias that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, there's this, uh, there's this quote, I think, I think it's Morgan Freeman. But I don't know, because, you know, people like that's the internet for you. You just never know. Um, But it says. uh, You're not homophobic. It's not a phobia. You're an asshole. (laughs) And like, I consider myself a really big ally of the LGBT community, LGBTQI2S. I'm still learning the, all the letters and numbers, but big, big ally. And I don't, I don't identify as straight. I just don't identify, but I'm not straight. So whenever I meet somebody who's got like a real, they're uncomfortable with that. It's like, why are you uncomfortable with somebody else's choices? Like, like think about that. You're allowing yourself to feel physically, mentally, and emotionally uncomfortable with something that has absolutely no bearing on you whatsoever. Nothing. What's that about? Gosh, like, what's that like to live under the thumb of your unrealistic expectations of other people? You know, like, it's hmm, interesting. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it comes down to like racism, sexism. Yeah. It's like, I, I find it uncomfortably fascinating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've gotten really uncomfortable this year in the, in the best kinds of ways. And 
Um, that quote you said, I was waiting for something very profound the way you're speaking. It just sounded like it was going to be something like super profound. Oh, and then you're, like, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. That's like... Yeah, that's what it is. It said, you're... <laughs> yeah, you're not scared. You're an asshole. And it's true. <laughs> what, are, what are you so afraid of that? Like, it has nothing to do with you. Nothing. Yes. So somebody is implementing these tools now. They're doing the affirmations and really getting in touch with their subconscious thinking and being aware of it so they can change it, choosing love instead. How will they know when it's working? There's going to be a shift. It's going to be something small. Oh, <laughs> use this example too. Let me just put my coffee down. So remember the story about walking in front of the mirror, you're fat. So the last time that happened, <laughs> what did I say? Okay, so because it's because it's subconscious, it it's all the time. It's all the time. And sometimes I don't even notice it. I don't really care. But when I notice it now, where the shift is, is um this last time I actually was like, oh my God, you again? <laughs> like that was my my immediate thought right after the thought of your fat. I was like, I laughed. I laughed out loud. I laughed. Whereas before I'd be like, hmm. and then it was kind of like, I reminded myself, like, I'll never, like, I couldn't relate more to Fat Bastard from Austin Powers once upon a time because he says, um, I know that's not because of how I look, of course, because of how he feels. He says, I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I'm fat. Right. But he's overweight because he eats. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm stuck on that spiral, too, man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's uh, I walked by the mirror, ugh, you know, subconscious. Ugh. And then I was just I laughed and I was like, you again, shut up already. You're done. You're done here. I'm done with you. And then I grabbed myself and I hugged myself and I danced in front of the mirror and I shook on my jelly and I was like, I love you. I love you so much. I love you. And that's a really big sign. <laughs> There's a shift. Um, 100%. And I feel like that cycle is also very prevalent in money struggles. Like yes. subconscious money mindset is so insane. I grew up very poor. And I notice, like when I get money in my bank account, I'm like, shit, I have to spend this before it goes away. But if I would stop spending it, it wouldn't go away. <laughs> so it's like, can I, <laughs> these cycles that we get stuck in that we don't even know where we're in, that's what the subconscious mind has the power to do to us. And if we can harness that power, we have the power to do some incredibly amazing things in our lives as well. So when someone starts implementing these tools, how long does it normally take to start working in your life? I think that completely depends on the person. Um, like I mentioned, it's kind of like you're unraveling a lifetime of conditioned thoughts and that doesn't change overnight. I think it's really important to stay in the moment with your healing and growing. Being where your hands are is 100% my biggest suggestion with that. If you put expectations on a timeline of when there's an end point to your healing you're not going to reach it and when you don't reach it you're going to feel more defeated and it's going to feed that negative voice so I would make a choice 
consciously to start choosing positive thoughts for yourself and just do it and never end, never stop doing it. And you will see the shifts, you will feel the shifts and eventually you'll just, you won't have to do it. And that'll be, that'll be it. But it's going to take as long as it takes. And having no expectations about that is where you're going to have real growth and healing. Mm-hmm. I love what my counselor had told me once was um, to be curious and not judgmental not about judgmental. what you're going through. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I learned. I learned. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's all about integration, right? It's not an end mm-hmm. goal. And there's always going to be another evolution that has to happen. So we're never fixed, which sucks. And then I don't know, for my journey too, there's been a lot of like regression times as well, where I'll take a step back and I'll work through the same things I just went through, but with new tools and new experiences. And it'll be just as painful and hard, but I'll learn another lesson or whatever it is I need to learn. <laughs> and, uh, and then move forward again, like two steps forward, one step back sometimes. And just being really accepting of wherever you're at in your journey is the most important part because when we're fighting it which is something you taught me the resistance is where the pain is yeah the pain's well, in the resistance yeah yeah the pain is not in the change it's in the resistance to the change mm-hmm. once you embrace that the change needs to take place that uncomfortable feeling dissipates mm-hmm. exactly Yeah, and I can totally relate to what you were saying about having regression um, in the conversation I was having this morning with my partner about, I said, you know, it's not like I'm never going to eat ice cream again. I just need to learn how to have a healthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I need to work on the pain that fuels my desire to eat sugary junk food when I'm when I've got feelings going on so it's okay to have setbacks it's okay to have regressions as long as you can be aware of it and honestly I'm going to be completely honest there's times when I'm when I consciously choose to sit down with that ice cream and and shut off Mm -hmm. knowing that this moment will pass and I'm going to forgive myself and move forward and giving myself permission to have those setbacks instead of shaming myself for it helps me to grow even more. Mm. I think that's, yeah, food is gonna be the biggest balancing act of my life for sure. I'm very all or nothing when it comes to everything in my life, whether it's, saving eating cleaning it's i'm either all in or i'm not doing anything about it at all and that has been a big shift for me is learning to really focus on first of all just the day what can i do today to make myself feel healthy what actually makes me feel healthy and what am i just consuming because i want to feel better not healthy (laughs) like i just want to feel okay um emotionally emotionally yeah And I notice when I eat emotionally, I shut off. So it's a completely, like I'm blacked out. I'm just eating, I'm I'm watching TV, I'm doing something else. I'm not paying attention to the food whatsoever. So also trying to be very mindful when I'm eating and just be eating and be grateful for what I'm eating. Like those little things make such a huge difference. 
in helping to switch my mindset around this because I will, I will become anorexic to get my skinny or just to control it because that also can make me feel really good and I can get a lot of validation from losing weight and blah, 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 but also not healthy. So yeah, very huge. I feel like this whole podcast is going to be around like spiritually healing body issues. <laughs> well, and you know what? So many things came out of what you just said. Um, validate what I said about growing up and being conditioned by media, magazines, um, even news, whatever. When you said, um, you know, because the thing about anorexia I can't assume for you, but I know for myself, it came down to the number on the scale. If that number was low, that's good. Lower, lower. I need that number lower. Why? Why? Why does that number need to be anything? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why does your pant size need to be like, it's the numbers we get taught that like a size four and below is, you know, or like, 100 130 pounds or or less I don't actually even know anymore because I just had to not keep going there because I was killing myself um mentally and emotionally but my point is that like we get this idea that we're supposed to be a certain way Brooke when was the last time you knew what your healthy body weight was well like really (laughs) I went to a Bernstein program and I actually had to go weigh in every single morning and get measured and they tell you what your goal weight is and so under 142 pounds is the healthy weight where I'd actually get maintenance for free I got down to 123 pounds and I can tell you it's because I couldn't stop it was more fun to lose the weight than to keep the weight off like I was hitting goals there's a dopamine hit there's like all these things happening when I'm losing weight that when I got to my goal weight I'm like I don't know what else like I this is making me happy. I want to keep losing weight. Like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> the goal wasn't like, um, feel healthy, run a marathon, do something good for myself. Right. It was just like, get smaller, get smaller, get smaller. But then there's only a small, like once I got to 123, I felt like a frail old lady. I felt more unhealthy that small than I do now. And it was like this, it was nothing was going to make me happy because what was making me happy was losing the weight, not being healthy. Yeah. It's so gimmicky. It's gimmicky. And we should not be determining our health on some gimmicky idea that like losing weight, 123 pounds. I know how tall you are and I know your structure. And I got to say that scares me a little when I got sober I was 160 pounds. And if I, sh- I wish I had a picture to show you. I don't. Um, maybe I'll send you one. You can flash it up on the screen when you edit the podcast. So me at 160 pounds looked like that. And I was smoking. I was a fox. And the reason is, like, yeah, I probably, I could have lost maybe 10 or 15 more pounds and been skinny. Um, nah, I have a ridiculous amount of lean muscle mass and I've been told that by nutritionist health experts that have taken my, they're like, oh, wow. You know, no matter what body size I'm at, I do have higher lean muscle mass, which weighs more. So if I had the idea that I had to be a certain number, I would be sick. Mm -hmm. I would start to lose that muscle. I would have to. 
I think if I got any lower than 140 pounds, I would be sick. And so I can't connect to the number. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten way off topic. (laughs) (laughs) We should call this episode uh, subconscious body talk. (laughs) So someone is looking to tap into their subconscious. They're going to do some affirmations in the morning. Is there any other tips or tools that you have that someone can start trying to combat what they don't know they don't know? (laughs) (laughs) The biggest number one thing that you're going to want to do is um, practice mindfulness. So what I mean by that is to pay attention, pay real attention to your thoughts. Your subconscious thoughts are there. Everybody watching this right now has been having thoughts floating in and out of their mind this whole time that they're not choosing, right? So be aware of those thoughts. The best way to do that is to meditate. Um, (laughs) Who has not been able to clear their mind when they're meditating. Me, um, (laughs) I have to do guided meditation. I need to have that kind of white noise. You know, I need to have that distraction. But when you're meditating and the thoughts are coming in and that song's going through your head and you're thinking about what you had for dinner last night and you're thinking about if your kid's having a good time back to school, um, the thoughts are coming in and out of your mind, pay attention to them. Oh, like be the observer. That's something I learned from Eckhart Tolle, actually, in his book, A New Earth, um, which I, like, I think I, yeah, I have it right here beside my bed, because this is my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good old technology. He talks about how you are not your thoughts. You're the observer. You're actually observing the observer, but I'm not going to get that deep today. We will do a whole episode on that. I'm going to invite Eckhart to join us. (laughs) <laughs> yes doesn't mean, it's happening doesn't mean it's gonna come throwing it on the manifestation board <laughs> throw it on the vision board Eckhart Tolle coming to the Ascended Self podcast to talk about his book the new a new earth and talk about being the observer Kalina's giving big claps over here um so yeah understanding that you are not your thoughts that you are the observer of your thoughts is where the mindfulness needs to take place so affirmations mindfulness and then I would come up with something so if you notice that your self-defeating subconscious thoughts are repetitive as mine are you're fat that's the that's my self-defeating subconscious thought and I just want to just put a big apology out if that triggers anybody okay but that is my self-defeating subconscious thought is always about my body so I chose to have my conscious counterthought to be, I didn't choose this. I choose love instead. You're beautiful. You're perfect the way you are. You're healthy. I love you. And I'm sorry. And saying, I love you. I'm sorry. is important to me because of the years that I didn't stand up for myself to that voice. Mm-hmm. The years that I let it take me down years that I let it, I abused my body because I didn't, I couldn't see my worth and my beauty. Mm-hmm. And now that I do, I own it. I love you and I'm sorry. So having something that you can repeat so that you don't forget. Because sometimes those thoughts make us uncomfortable. Sometimes we feel like I can't find that power to tell this thought, F you, right? It's like standing up to your bully. So you need to have a plan um, and have something set. Brooke, what is your 
self-defeating subconscious thought. Ooh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah. The big one is I'm not reliable. That I'm just going to screw it up. I can't be, like, I can't be counted on. I can't be consistent. Like, that stuff comes up a lot because I've dealt with panic attacks and anxiety attacks a lot of my life that um, really made it difficult to work. It made it difficult to, I couldn't even leave my house for two years, actually. I was agoraphobic. I couldn't get on a sky train. Um, I really picked up alcohol and drugs at that time to, to even be able to leave my house. I had to be drunk. So I became a very unreliable, inconsistent person. And I had a lot of people confirming that for me. And I didn't understand my illness. I didn't understand mental health. I didn't know how to speak up for myself or stick up for myself in that. And I just believed it about me. I believed that I was a shitty employee. I believed I was a shitty parent and that everybody in the world was just better at life than I was. <laughs> and so I've gotten sober. I've really worked through all that stuff. It's not true for me today in my actions, but we're all gonna be inconsistent sometimes. I still struggle with mental health. And so when I do have those off days, when I am feeling depressed and I'm not getting done what I want to get done, that thought is so huge. It is there. And it's like, see, I told you, I knew you weren't going to get this. I knew you weren't going to make it yeah. work. I knew you're going to screw this yeah. up. Oh my gosh. I forgot about the told you so. <laughs> so. Told you so. What is, okay. So what is a counter thought that you can choose when that thought comes up something you can remember and and have on hand as soon as that thought comes in what can you replace it with well for i did work on this a little bit in counseling recently actually and what i really came up with that feels very true for me is it is okay to take to rest it is okay to rest it is okay to rest um it's okay to take care of my mental health it's okay to have mental health struggles like just trying to normalize what i'm going through is a big first part of that. <laughs> so I'm not feeling like I'm broken or I'm not normal or, you know, like I'm, I'm like permanently disabled or something <laughs> and cannot ever get better. Like, no, this is normal. It's okay. It will pass is usually what I go to right now. Um, but in terms of like a positive affirmation thought that I can put in there instead is you know, I've, I've done this before. Like I know what I'm capable of now. I've gotten through hard times and I can do this again. Yeah, exactly. And that's easy to remember. I'm mm -hmm. capable. I did not choose this and I'm capable. You know, what really helped me with that is being sober is like the one thing I've done consistently for the last five years. And I'm like, I'm not consistent bitch i just did five years sober i did two years keeping all the weight off like i can be consistent if i want to but i want to take care of my mental health today <laughs> yeah you know i was having this moment this morning honestly i was having this moment and uh like i think when i'm having these moments i revert back to being almost like i'm a little girl again like oh i don't know what i'm doing where i'm going what do i do um, I'm a life coach, so I'm pretty sure the tools are there, but what's really great is that the person I was talking to, my person, um, he said to me, you know, Sarah, so I'm, I'm telling him about like my thoughts, my feelings and things. And he says to me, and no one's ever said this to me before. And I appreciated it so much. He said, you could come to me 
you can go to my dad, you can go to my mom, you can go to my friends, you can go to my sister, you can go, you could go to anybody with this problem. You could, you could give that problem to anybody. But if anybody came to me with what you're talking about, I would send them to you. Because you already know. And I just got goosebumps. He said, you know what to do. It's in you. You're the person. You're the person I would tell, I would recommend. And I was like, oh yeah, I do know what to do. I know how to work with this. Mm-hmm. I didn't get 12 years sober sitting on my hands. I did the work. And it's the same kind of thing. I did the work. The work. It's in me. This is my subconscious. <laughs> but it's not just in my subconscious. The information's there. Right? And I, we don't give ourselves enough credit. I think we just don't give ourselves enough credit for the things that we are capable of doing for ourselves. And I think that's a really big reason why life coaches, spiritual coaches, um, any kind of support is really, really, really important because just like Sarah, you need support outside yourself too, because when we're in the problem, we can't see the problem from a bigger picture. We're so stuck in it. And so we need people outside of ourselves, your person, a counselor, a coach to really help us see the bigger picture, see outside of our problems and help us navigate the tools that we already have. I know how to eat healthy. Like I've done it. Yes. It's there. That is not the problem. I need compassion for myself. I need to um, set up things to make it easy for me to eat healthy because I have three kids now to take care of. Like things are a little bit more difficult and I need someone outside of myself that's not stuck in my body beating myself up <laughs> to help me kind of work through like, okay, what is a plan that I could put in place that will work for my lifestyle now? Not not two years ago, three years ago, but right now how my life is. And, you know, someone outside of me that's going to have the love and compassion that I can't give to myself. So that's very important. Don't go to your parent. If your parent beat you up emotionally all the time and gave you those subconscious thoughts and make you feel like shit about yourself, they're not the right person to help you through this kind of stuff. No. Yeah. And Brooke, you said something to me this morning too. And it's, it's so simple. And this is why, yeah, it's really good to have a sounding board you know, AKA a friend, a counselor, your partner, your person. (laughs) Uh, Brooke said to me, I said, I need to make some changes. And she said, well, what is one small change that you can make today that will help you? One, what is one small change? Drink more water. I need to drink more water. I said, I'm going to drink water and I'm not going to eat junk food. Mm-hmm. that's two things two small changes that will help me feel better about the situation feel better physically mentally emotionally help me take my power back love my body a little bit you know that's so so simple yeah. and if you make it that simple and easy for yourself then at the end of the day you get to celebrate yourself and feel like you've accomplished something and that feels good so you'll want to do it again tomorrow if you make it impossible for you and it's like this huge thing, like I'm going to only eat 300 calories today and I'm not going to eat between like 4 p.m. and 12 tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. And you do all of these restrictions all at once. And then even if you did drink a lot of water and even if you did go for a walk, even if you did do five minutes of exercise or whatever the small goal is, run around the block um not eat junk food even if you did those things because you didn't accomplish the other things you're not going to get that that feeling of like celebration and you're not going to want to do it tomorrow you're just going to want to beat yourself up i feel like subconsciously we almost put ourselves in that pattern because we don't want to succeed because we're not ready for change and so there's so much we need to talk about there (laughs) oh 
we're gonna do a whole podcast about if you're not uncomfortable you're not changing yes um okay I feel like We've offered a ton of value in this episode. Uh, if anyone is looking to start their journey, they need some support, they need some help. What can you do for them and how can they get a hold of you and find you and start getting this work going? Yeah. And this is this is my favorite thing to do besides energy healing. Um, mindset coaching. Mindset coaching is uh, something I'm very, very passionate about because it was the shift in mindset that saved me, saved me from myself, saved me from my self-defeating patterns, self-defeating behaviors, um, those negative core beliefs that were just taking me down mindset. So if you're interested in learning more about how to change your mindset, have a shift in your perspective about yourself, start making some lasting realistic changes, just go to www.ascendedself.com and you'll see right there on the front page, mindset coaching and how to get connected. You can even send in a request to contact me and we can have a conversation before we get started. Damn. Well, if you are sitting here listening to the podcast and you're like, this resonates with me so much, I want to change. I want to choose better things for myself and for my subconscious. Make sure you get in touch with Sarah. You don't have to do this alone. Um, you probably could if you wanted to. You can research a whole bunch of stuff. There's a ton of free content out there, but trying to figure this stuff out on our own is next to impossible when you're dealing with your subconscious because it is things that you cannot see for yourself. You need an outside perspective. I really, really enjoyed this chat today, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs>